اعوذ باللہ من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم سورت السجدہ الف لامیم السجدہ سورت السجدہ is a مکی سورہ and the theme of the سورہ is an invitation to submission to Allah سبحانه وتعالى سجدہ literally means prostration and the سورہ is an invitation to submission, surrender, prostration to Allah the exalted how? That when a person recognizes the greatness of Allah, his own smallness, then he cannot help but surrender to Allah the Exalted. In this surah is also sajda tilawa, and this is one of the reasons why the surah is called as sajda. There is a hadith in Bukhari in which we learn that the Prophet ﷺ used to recite in Fajr on Fridays, Alif Lam Mim as sajda in the first rakah. And Suratul Insan in the second rakah. So on Fridays, Salatul Fajr, the Prophet ﷺ used to recite which surah in the first rakah? Suratul Sajda. And which surah in the second rakah? Suratul Insan, which is also known as Ad-Dahr. Hal ata ala al-insani hinu min ad-dahri, lam yakun shay'am madkura. And what is the hikmah for this? What is the reason for this? That every Friday the Prophet ﷺ read this surah out loud in congregation. There must be something important in this surah which served as a reminder. Hmm? And what is that? Submission to Allah. Friday as you know is a day of worship. And the Prophet ﷺ began this day with the reminders which are in this surah. Also like I mentioned to you in this surah is a sajda. So some of the ulama said that the reason why the Prophet ﷺ recited this surah on Friday was to add an extra sujood in salah. The sajda of tilawa. Because the more sajda there is, the more ibadah there is, and the better it is. In another hadith we learned, and this hadith is in Muslim Ahmad, that the Prophet ﷺ would never sleep until he recited Surah Al-Sajda and Surah Al-Mulk. Two surahs he recited before he went to sleep. Which ones? Surah Al-Sajda and secondly, Surah Al-Mulk. Now you might wonder, Surah Al-Sajda, reciting a whole surah before sleeping, reciting a whole surah in one rakah, how long is this surah? How many ayat are there? 30. It's a very short surah. In fact, this will be the shortest surah that we will be studying now. Inshallah. Every surah that we have studied so far has been longer than Surah Al-Sajda. Now if you think about it, if we make a habit of reciting Surah Al-Sajda at night, every day, and if not reciting it, start with at least listening to it. Okay? Make sure you have it on your phone, your iPod, whatever, your tablet, anything, and just listen to it before you sleep. I guarantee you, inshallah, within some time, you will have it memorized. And once you have it memorized, and you recite it in the first rakah of Fajr, on Friday, I'm telling you, your Friday will be different. It will be different. Your whole week will be different. So just start it. Just start listening to it. And that is how, alhamdulillah, I also memorized Surah Al-Sajda. I didn't sit with Surah Al-Sajda, you know, with the Mus'haf open, reciting one ayah after the other over and over and over again. It just happened naturally. Before I knew it, alhamdulillah, I had it memorized. Just by reading or listening. Every night. But make it a habit. Every night. You know your mushaf? Put something over there like a, a sticky note or something to remind you that you have to read this at night. Inshallah. 
You see, it's these habits that make a difference. Really they do. How much time do we spend reading at night? Not reading useful stuff, reading randomness. Don't we? What happened in some country in, you know, South America? What happened somewhere in Australia? There was a fight over a hat. There was a fight over something else. We read pure randomness until we fall asleep. We can also try to listen to the Qur'an before we fall asleep, inshallah. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Alif Lam Mim. Huruf Muqatta'at. A reminder of I'jazul Qur'an. The miraculous nature of the Qur'an. The fact that it cannot be imitated. Nothing like it can be produced. Alif Lam Mim. Tanzilul Kitabi. The revelation of the book. Tanzil. Revelation, gradual revelation of what? Of Al-Kitab, meaning of this book, meaning the Qur'an. لا ريب فيه لا not ريب any doubt فيه in it. In what? In the revelation of this book. In this book itself. There is no doubt that this book is from who? Min from Rabbil Alameen, from the Lord of the worlds, from Allah the Exalted. This Qur'an, what is it? It is Tanzil. It is revelation. And remember that the word Tanzil means revelation from Nazzala, Yunazilu Tanzil, to gradually bring something down. So this Qur'an has come down to us. From where? From above us. So do not think that the source of this Qur'an is equal to you in any way. No. This Qur'an is from above you. Above those who are like you. The source is not the creation. The source is what? That being which is above the creation. Meaning the creator of all creation. He has sent down this Qur'an. We are below him. We are under Him. We are less than Him. We are in need of Him. Our aql, our intellect, our knowledge, our wisdom, our abilities are what? They are less. They are under. The Qur'an is from who? From the one who is above us. For He sent it down. So take this Qur'an with due respect. Because it is coming from where? From above. It is coming from the one who is above you. Tanzilul kitab, revelation of the book. La rayba fihi. There is no doubt in it. There is no doubt in it, meaning in this book. In respect to what? That first of all, la rayba fihi, there is no doubt in it, meaning in its source. What's the source? Who has sent it? Whose word is it? Whose speech is it? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's speech. Rabbul Alameen, He's the Lord of the worlds. So don't doubt the authenticity of the Qur'an. This is not the word of a human being. This is the message from who? Allah. So don't doubt its authenticity. And secondly, in its content also there is no doubt. There is nothing in the Qur'an which is doubtful. Every word, every letter, every statement is what? It is factual. It is Al-Haq. And this Qur'an is from who? 
مِن رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ From the Lord of the worlds. So this Qur'an is not magic. It is not a false statement. It is not false tales. It is not a fabrication. Rather, this is revelation from the Lord of the worlds. And every ayah of this book, every surah of this book, every word of this book proves that it is from Allah, the Lord of the worlds. It cannot be the word of a human being. It's impossible. Because what is mentioned in the Qur'an cannot be from a human being. One human being. Even all of mankind together could not produce something like the Qur'an. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala challenges mankind in the Qur'an. Produce one surah. Produce a few verses. Produce anything like the Qur'an. You will not be able to. And this Qur'an itself proves that this book is from Allah. Allah whose ilm is vast, whose knowledge is all-encompassing. Allah who is fair, who is just, free from zulm. Allah who is ghani, rich, who is free of any need. Allah who can neither be harmed, nor can He be benefited. So He will only legislate what is in our best interests. Because He is above us. He has sent this Qur'an down. So تَنزِيلُ الْكِتَابِ لَا رَيْبَ فِيهِ مِنْ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ There is no doubt in the fact that this Qur'an is from Allah, Lord of the worlds. There's a lecture by Sheikh Yasir Qadi on Is the Qur'an the Word of God? Inshallah you'll be sent the link. It is your homework that you must listen to that lecture. It's an hour long lecture. I want you to listen to it the way you listen to your missed classes. Okay? Meaning sit down with a book, with pen and paper, and take notes. This is part of your homework. This is going to come inshallah in the assignment. Is the Quran the word of God by Shaykh Yasir Qadi? You must, must listen to it. تَنزِيلُ الْكِتَابِ لَا رَيْبَ فِيهِ مِنْ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ أَمْ أَوْرْ يَقُولُونَ دَيْسَيْ إِفْ تَرَاهُ He fabricated it. Allah has revealed this Qur'an and it's evident that Allah is the one who has revealed it. But look at these people. How amazing. How strange this is. How dare they say that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam he has iftarahu. He has invented it. He has made it up. He has fabricated it. On what basis do they make this claim? You see, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is expressing amazement over here. This is ajab, this is amazement. That how could they say that Muhammad ﷺ invented it? If you study the Qur'an, it's not possible that a person living 1400 years ago, over the course of 23 years, produced this book. It's not possible. When you keep the context in mind, and when you compare the Qur'an with the context in which this Qur'an was revealed, it's not possible that this could be the word of a human being. That this could be authored by a human being. How can they not distinguish between the kalam of Allah and the kalam of a human being? How could they not make that distinction? You see, when you read the words of hadith, and when you read the words of the Qur'an, there is a clear difference. Clear difference in the Arabic itself. Huge difference. There was a man, Walid bin Mughira. When he heard the Qur'an, 
When he heard the Prophet ﷺ reciting the Qur'an, he said, وَاللَّهِ إِنَّ أَعْلَاهُ لَمُثْمِرُ وَإِنَّ أَسْفَلَهُ لَمُغْدِقُ وَإِنَّهُ يَعْلُوا وَلَا يُعْلَى عَلَيْهِ That the top of it is fertile, the height of it is beautiful. And it overcomes and is not overcome. So basically he's expressing his amazement that how beautiful this Qur'an is. That يَعْلُو It overcomes and it cannot be overcome. Which is why there were people who were great poets. But when they heard the Qur'an, they said, Khalas, we're done our business. Our business is not going to continue. They stopped their poetry. Because they said, once this Qur'an is there, who's going to want to listen to us? What are we going to say? What can we produce? We can produce nothing which is like this Qur'an. And remember that eventually the mushrikeen, what did they say about the Prophet ﷺ? In Surah Al-Zukhruf, Ayah 31, we learn, وَقَالُوا لَوْ لَا نُزِّلَ هَذَا الْقُرْآنَ عَلَىٰ رَجُلٍ مِنَ الْقَرْيَتَيْنِ عَظِيمٍ That why was the Qur'an not sent down on one of the two great men from these two cities? Which shows to us that they knew the Qur'an was right. So, أَمْ يَقُولُونَ افْتَرَاهُ Do they say that he has invented it? No way. They're lying when they accuse Muhammad ﷺ of inventing this Qur'an. You see the mushrikeen, they belittled the Qur'an. How? By calling it a fabrication. By calling it a lie. And they resorted to this cheap way. Why? To conveniently exempt themselves of paying any attention to this noble message. Because when you label something as a lie, as fake, then what happens? When you label it as fake, then what does it mean? You don't need to pay attention. So, they came up with this, that this Qur'an is a fabrication. Muhammad ﷺ has invented it. So, you know what? We don't need to pay attention to its message. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, how could they do that? Am aftara? How dare they say that? You see, the mushrikeen of Mecca, they called the Prophet ﷺ majnoon. They say he's gone mad. He's gone crazy. Na'udhu billah. On the one hand, they called him Majnoon. And on the other hand, they're saying that he has produced this Qur'an himself. Can a Majnoon produce a speech like the Qur'an? No. This is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, مَا أَنْتَ بِنِعْمَةِ رَبِّكَ بِمَجْنُونَ Because the mushrikeen, they called him Majnoon. So they were basically contradicting themselves. This is why amazement is expressed over here. أَمْ يَقُولُونَ افْتَرَى They say that this is an invention. بَلْ rather, What they say is wrong. هُوَ الْحَقُّ It is the truth. مِنْ رَبِّكْ From your Lord. This Qur'an is the truth from your Lord. What is الْحَقْ? الْحَقْ is الشَّيْءُ الثَّابِتْ It is something that is firm, that is established. It is an established fact that does not undergo any change. It doesn't change with the passage of time. Like for example, human beings die. Is this haq? It's haq. Why? Because this is what we have been seeing from day one. It is an established fact that cannot be changed, that doesn't need to be revised. On the other hand, we see that many things that people come up with do they get revised? Why is it that you can't buy a course book for your university course that is five years old? Why? Because every year, every other year, they conveniently come up with a new version. So every year, every other year, when people enroll for those courses, they have to buy brand new books. 
which are only good for what? A few months. And then after those months, you feel guilty throwing those books away. But even if you keep them, they're useless. So, أَمْ يَقُولُونَ افْتَرَاهُ بَلْ هُوَ الْحَقِّ The Qur'an is haq. It doesn't undergo any change. For the past 1400 years, it hasn't changed. It doesn't need to be revised. Whereas the words of human beings, they need to be revised all the time, every few months. So many theories, right? We study and then what happens later on? Oh, that's not valid anymore. That's not really a fact. Right? So, بَلْ هُوَ الْحَقِّ This Qur'an is حَقْ مِنْ رَبِّكْ From your Lord. It is truly from your Lord. Why? Why is it that Allah revealed this Qur'an? لِتُنْزِرَ So that you warn. You, meaning O Muhammad wasallam, you may warn قَوْمًا A people. Which people? مَا not أَتَاهُمْ He came to them. مِنْ نَذِيرٍ Any warner مِنْ قَبْلِكَ Before you. Meaning these people, no warner came to them before you. So you have been sent in order to warn them. Why warn them? لَعَلَّهُمْ يَهْتَدُونَ So that they may be rightly guided. Without the Qur'an, they are in misguidance. They are in error. So what do we see over here? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed this Qur'an. Allah has sent His Messenger. For what purpose? For the guidance of people. Why? Because the people have been deprived of the truth. They have forgotten it. They have lost it. They are living in error. So the Qur'an is actually Allah's mercy. It's His gift. It's His blessing. Because no warner came to those people. Now specifically in the context of the Arabs, remember that the Arabs compared to the Bani Israel, who were they? Ummah, Ummiyyah. They were a nation that was illiterate. They were unlettered people. Correct? Meaning they didn't have any scripture. And even though Ismail salam he was a prophet, and there may have been prophets after him, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَإِمْ مِّنْ أُمَّةٍ إِلَّا خَلَى فِيهَا نَذِيرٍ In Surah Fatir, Ayah 24. There is no nation except that a messenger passed in it. Meaning Allah sent a messenger to every nation. But, the Prophet ﷺ, close to his time, there was really no Prophet that came to them. And even to the Bani Israel, for the past 600 years, there had been no Prophet. Who was the last Prophet before Muhammad ﷺ? Isa ﷺ. 600 years had passed. No Prophet had come. So, Allah sent this Qur'an as guidance. So that once people come to know, then what will happen? They will be guided. لَعَلَّهُمْ يهتدون. So those whom the Qur'an has not reached, then they should be given this Qur'an so that they may wake up and they may correct their lives. Allah does not have to send guidance because Allah has already created so many signs. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created us upon fitrah. But what is the weakness of people? That we pass by many signs but we don't pay attention to them. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent this guidance in the most manifest, in the most obvious form, in the most clear form, so that people have no reason left to deny. Allahu, who is the one who has sent this Qur'an? It is Allah, الذي, the one who خلق السماوات والأرض, who has created the skies and the earth. وَمَا بَيْنَهُمَا And whatever that is between them. 
He is the creator of everything basically. And he created all of this. How? Fi in sittati. Six. Ayamin days. Plural of the word, yawm. Now yawm over here, don't understand this to be 24 hours necessarily. Because yawm is basically a complete circle of time, right? And we know that yawm is the length of a day on earth is different from the length of a day on some other planet. Correct? In the hereafter, of course, it's going to be different. The day of judgment is how long? 50,000 earth years. Alright? So Allah created the skies, the earth, and whatever is in between in six days, meaning six time periods. How long they were? Allah knows best. Summa then, istawa ala al-arsh. He rose above the throne. You know what's amazing over here? Allah created everything that we see in how many days? Six only. I think that is amazing. Only six. If He wanted, first of all, He could have created it all in a second. Less than that. It's not difficult for Him. But the fact that He created everything in six days, what does it show? What does it show? On the part of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Tadbir, planning. Right? And then that is a lesson for us also because sometimes we really want to take some hasty steps and get everything done and over with immediately, right away. But we know that paying attention to something, taking time and doing it properly produces better results. Doesn't it? Secondly, what's amazing over here is the fact that it only took six days. How massive is this universe? Can we even travel it in six years? Can we? Forget about the universe, the earth only. We still haven't set foot on every piece of land. We haven't explored this entire world. Because if we had, we would have come across the Ajuj Majuj. Right? We would have, for sure. So, only six days, and that shows to us Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's power. And then, ثُمَّ اسْتَوَى عَلَى الْعَرْشِ Then He rose above the throne. In Surah Fusilat 9 and 10, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us about the detail of these six days. That the earth Allah created in two days. And then the ayah continues that وَجَعَلَ فِيهَا رَوَاسِيَ مِنْ فَوْقِهَا وَبَارَكَ فِيهَا وَقَدَّرَ فِيهَا أَقْوَاتَهَا فِي أَرْبَعَةِ أَيَّامِ In four days, what was done? The mountains. And the aqwat, the resources. Alright, all of that in the earth was placed in how many days? Four days. Alright, so two and four make? Six. Then he rose above the throne, meaning in a manner that befits him. Ma lakum, you do not have min dunihi besides him, meaning besides Allah, min waliyin any wali, any protector, meaning who can protect you from Allah? Wala shafi'in, nor do you have any intercessor who can intercede and benefit you against Allah. He is the only wali, the malik, the supreme in authority. Afala tatadakkarun? Then will you not be reminded? Will you not take a lesson from this? This is your Lord. Now do you know who your Lord is? Now do you know who has sent this Quran? If you know, then will you not accept this Quran? Will you not follow it? Will you not trust it? Will you not take the Quran and adhere to it? Why would you leave it and listen to others? Why would you depend on others? 
In Surah Al-A'raf, Ayah 54, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, إِنَّ رَبَّكُمُ اللَّهُ الَّذِي خَلَقَ السَّمَوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضَ فِي سِتَّةِ أَيَّامٍ ثُمَّ اسْتَوَى عَلَى الْعَرْشِ يُغْشِ اللَّيْلَ النَّهَارِ يَطْلُبُهُ حَثِيثًا وَالشَّمْسَ وَالْقَمَرَ وَالنُّجُومَ مُسَخَّرَاتٍ بِأَمْرِهِ أَلَا لَهُ الْخَلْقُ وَالْأَمْرِ Unquestionably to him belongs the khalq and the amr. What does it mean by that? That Allah is the one who has created everything. The creation is His. So He regulates the affairs of the creation. And to Him belongs the Amr also, the command also. Meaning He has legislated the law also. When this is the case that Allah is the creator, when the whole creation is His, then why wouldn't you take the law from Him also? You understand? It's like buying an iron from a certain company, and not following the guidebook that comes with that iron. Instead, following something else that's out there on the internet. Would you do that? It's foolishness. The fact that this Qur'an is from above, meaning we could not produce it ourselves. You see, from above, what is above? Whenever you're higher, then do you have a better view? You have better awareness, right, of what's going on. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He's above. He knows His creation better than the creation knows itself. When He has created everything, then why wouldn't you take the law from Him also? Why would you not accept this Qur'an? Why would you not follow this Qur'an? أَلَا لَهُ الْخَلْقُ وَالْأَمْرِ And over here, what do we see? مَا لَكُمْ مِن دُونِهِ مِن وَلِيٍّ وَلَا شَفِيعٍ أَفَلَا تَتَذَكَّرُونَ Do you not understand? يُدَبِّرُ الْأَمْرَ he arranges each matter. Yudabbiru from the word tadbir, dal ba From the word dubur. What does dubur mean? Back. And tadbir means planning. Has it ever happened with you that you're planning your, let's say your day? You have to be somewhere at 5 o'clock. And before 5 o'clock, you have to get your groceries done. You have to do your homework. You have to eat your lunch. And you also have to run another errand. So then what do you do? How do you plan? With the 5 p.m. in mind, right? You plan backwards. And this kind of planning is proper. Because if you are to say that, look, it's 12 o'clock, I have to be there at 5, okay, I'll see when I get there. It's going to take me an hour and a half to do groceries. It's going to take me another hour to do my lunch. It's going to take me three hours to get this done. So you know what? Let me take it one thing at a time and let's see when I get there. Then what time are you going to get there? Maybe 6 o'clock. Isn't it? Maybe 5.30. Maybe you'll just decide at 5 p.m. that you're too tired to go. Isn't it? But when you plan backwards with the end in mind, is your planning thorough? Is it accurate? Does it get you to your goals? Yes, it does. This is tadbir. To plan how? Backwards. Thorough planning, complete planning. And this word, what does it indicate? That there is a goal, there is a purpose for everything. So يُدَبِّرُ amra. He is the one who regulates, he arranges each matter. Which amr? 
matter, meaning the matter of the creation, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Al-Qayyum. He hasn't just created everything and abandoned it. No, He is the one who is maintaining everything also. He's not even overcome by a yawn, sleepiness, sleep. No, He doesn't need a break. He's above the creation, the weaknesses of the creation. So He regulates each matter, مِنَ السَّمَاءِ from the sky, إِلَى الْأَرْضِ to the earth. What does it mean by this? مِنَ السَّمَاءِ إِلَى الْأَرْضِ From the sky to the earth, meaning everything. Everything. Everything that happens in this universe, from somewhere in the sky, to deep in the earth somewhere, it is happening according to whose planning? According to whose tadbir? Allah's tadbir. So nothing in this universe is haphazard. Nothing in this universe is random. Each incident, each creation, each event is leading to what? To an ultimate outcome. Because remember tadbir, there's a goal. And what does it show? That for each thing is a goal, is a purpose. So even in the falling of the leaves, there is a goal, there is a purpose. The birth of a child, the death of someone, the blowing of the winds, nothing is aimless here. And this is something that's very comforting. Because when something that goes against our wishes happens, you wonder why. Couldn't we have done without it? Did this really have to happen? Yes. Everything is meaningful. This is the point. Everything is meaningful. Because who is the planner of every affair? Allah. At the end of Surah Luqman, we learned about the five things which are known only to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And everything happens when? When Allah decides. How, in what quantity, what measure, what detail, everything is by Allah's planning. So يُدَبِّرُ الْأَمْرَ مِنَ السَّمَاءِ إِلَى الْأَرْضِ ثُمَّ then يَعْرُجُ It ascends. From the root letters عَيْنْ رَجِيم عُرُوج is to ascend. It ascends. إِلَيْهِ to him. To who? To Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Meaning, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala orders the umur, the different matters. And who is it that carries out those orders? Who? It's the angels. Like we learn in the Quran about the angels that, فَالْمُدَبِّرَاتِ amra. That it's the angels that carry out the commands, the orders that Allah, the Exalted, gives them. Ibn Qayyim, he said that there's nothing happens in this universe except that there's an angel behind it. Meaning there's so many angels, everything that's happening, it's not just happening randomly. Allah has appointed angels to ensure that that task is performed. That that goal is achieved. You understand? So the angels, once they carry out a command that Allah has given them, then they ascend with the reports. Okay? That this has been accomplished. This has been done. This is what your servant said. This is what your servant did. So then they ascend. يَعْرُجُ إِلَيْهِ It ascends to him. And this ascent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, how long is this ascent? Allah says, فِي يَوْمٍ in a day, meaning it would take a day, and that day would be how long? كَانَ مِقْدَارُهُ Its miqdar would be, 
And what is miqdar? Miqdar is the, is from the root letters qaf dal ra. Miqdar is the amount, the extent of something in space and time. So the extent of that day would be how long? Alfa sanatin. Alfa, thousand, sanatin, years. So a thousand years, mimma ta'uddun, of that which you count. Ta'uddun, from adad, ain dal dal. What is adad? Number. Meaning if human beings attempted to go up the way the angels go up, it would take us how long? A thousand years. And how long does it take angels? Less than that. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given them immense speed. Alright? Immense speed. So this part of the ayah is telling us number of things. First of all, it's telling us that Allah orders the matters. He regulates the affairs. And then He also takes the reports from the angels. Doesn't He know already what exactly happened? Allah knows already. Don't we learn in the Quran, for example, that وَيُرْسِلُ عَلَيْكُمْ حَفَظَةً Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends on you guardian angels. Right? Angels to watch you, to observe you, what you're doing. And these angels... They go to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asks them that how did you leave my servants? In what condition did you leave my servants? And the angels say, we left them when they were praying and when we had come to them, they were praying because it's Fajr and Asr. We also learn in a hadith that when a person is sick, when a person is unwell, then Allah sends angels to witness what that person will say to the people who come to visit him. So if a person glorifies and praises Allah, then the angels take those words up to Allah, even though Allah already knows. So what's the first thing we learn from this ayah? That Allah does tadbir and then He also takes the reports, even though He knows. Secondly, we learn over here, the huge distance that is between the earth and the arsh. Huge distance. That it would take us a thousand years to get up there. So basically we can't do that. Thirdly, this shows to us that the angels have been granted special abilities that we have not been given. And one of them is the speed of the angels. What is the speed of the angels? You remember the story of Sulaiman salam when he wanted the throne of the queen? And the Ifrit said, I will bring it to you before you get up from here. And then the one who had knowledge, he said, I will bring it to you before your vision returns to you. So basically in less than the blink of an eye. So who was that? The one who had been given knowledge of the book. According to many scholars, it was actually Jibreel. Because Jibreel is meant to be with the prophets. So Jibreel, the way he was with the Prophet ﷺ, he was at that time with Sulaiman ﷺ. He was able to go and bring the throne of the queen in how long? Blink your eye. In less than that. Why? Because of the speed that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given to the angels. We'll listen to the recitation of these verses. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alif لا ريب فيه من رب العالمين 
أم يقولون افتراه بل هو الحق من ربك لتنذر قوما ما أتاهم من نذير من قبلك لعلهم يهتدون الله الذي خلق السماوات والأرض وما بينهما في ستة أيام ثم استوى على العرش ما لكم من دونه من ولي ولا شفيع أفلا تتذكرون يدبر الأمر من السماء إلى الأرض ثم يعرج إليه في يوم كان مقداره كان مقداره ألف سنة مما تعدون 